This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com/free22. 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 Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or sea floors. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you are here with Rambling About Racing with In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast. Mouthful, but don't worry. We are here to bring you all the latest and greatest from the world, our minds of racing to yours. And guess who's back this week after, I think, two, three weeks of not being here? Preston is finally back, as though be it via Zoom again. Preston's back. Preston, how's it going, man? It's good to have you back. It's good to be back. I, I think it's probably more like maybe like a month away, actually. I don't think it's been like two or three weeks. That seems like way too like short. You, you have been gone a while. You've had a lot going on, man. We've, we've You've been in our thoughts and prayers. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything unless you want to bring it up here. But, you know, I'm glad. I'm just glad that you're back. Yeah, definitely good to be back. Uh, missed it for sure. But, I mean, I haven't really been able to watch a lot of racing in the past, like, couple of weeks so it's kind of weird like not seeing any kind of motorsports <laughs> right it is and uh, but we're glad you're back and of course joining us here for a second week as co-host charlie herc is charlie how's it going down there it's going good pressing off the end on f1 um it's still boring oh. uh, Uh, I feel like this, I feel like Preston's outnumbered so here now. F1, with the F one statement being covered, we can move on. Anyways, no, I'm just kidding. No, Preston, it is good to uh, have you back. You know, I hope everything's settling down on on, on your end there. Hate you're at work. Better to see you on the studio side there. But hopefully, come October, maybe one in October, but hopefully multiple in November and December, all three of us can be in the studio there. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie's got some training going on here in the great state of South Carolina. So you're right down the road. Hopefully you could come down here and, uh, we could have a little bit of rambling about racing in the studio, which is always more fun that that one episode where you came down and 
we were all just sitting here shooting the bull about racing, kind of like the format of the show is now was so much fun. And man, I'm just I just can't wait. That'd be a lot of fun. But and hopefully Preston will play play along and stop taking swaps and stuff and actually join us in studio. <laughs> yeah, being, being selfish. As you saw it, is that what you said? What's that? It's being selfish. Is that what you said? Earlier? Yeah, yeah. Being selfish. Being selfish. Yeah, yeah but man, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are going doing well. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad. I'm thank you for everybody tuning in to us this week and listening to us talk about racing, whether you're on the Unhinged Sports Network or on your favorite podcast platform. And it seemed like we got a good reception from our new format change, especially from avid listeners such as matt camper and a few others they like the format uh, the only thing is matt said as far as the format he wants to keep the news in there so we're going to get to the news later on in the show but guys first of all charlie raced this weekend and charlie wanted to do that because to me watching it it was a quite it wasn't the typical cup light race at South Alabama Speedway. It was kind of a boring race, man. It was a fast race, kind of boring. No, hardly any passing, except for the final lap, which you'll get to. But man, take us through it from your your vantage point. Only seven cars showed up last Saturday, uh, which was a little on the on the low end. Started fifth because the last three from, of course, the last race had to start fifth, sixth, and seventh. So started fifth, jumped up to third pretty quick, and pretty much rode out third the whole race. It was a, a very short race. Felt long because, of course, the cars we're driving have no power steering, and we're the only class down there that runs slicks. Definitely wore me out in a in a, a very quick twenty five laps because I looked at my GoPro at the end there, and I'm working on getting that video uh, uploaded and whatnot. But um, I looked at the GoPro after I got done and turned it off, and it was just over fifteen minutes. So it was a, definitely a very fast-paced race. Uh, like you said, it, it was boring. The only action was between me and the fourth-place car after after that first caution there. Um, and I, I had a, I had a pretty big gap on him up until that caution. Tires went through a heat cycle, and it's just like it, either they slowed me. I would say it slowed me up, but I think he got faster after that because I ran my fastest lap of the race at lap 21 of 25, so I'm not really sure there. So, Yeah, and, and on the final lap, the seven car looked like he was trying to pass you, and he was under you, and he lost it, and he went for a little 360 barrel roll right there. Yeah, I think he overcorrected it. And he overcorrected it on the wrong part of, wrong part of the turn there. It was obvious of that happened, that- yeah. Yeah, being on the bank embankment there, uh, when it when it when he overcorrected it and it bit, it just it rolled him. So, um, and honestly, there was two cars that rolled down there Saturday, and then there was another one that got up on the front stretch fence. So, oh wow, it was definitely a wild Saturday night down there. Yeah, it sounds like it. Always South Alabama Speedway is always a fun racetrack, and want to get back there eventually. But I'm glad you finished third. Another solid points day, man. <laughs> Another trophy to bring home, man. You, you keep getting those podiums, man. Eventually, you're going to move up. I have a feeling that's going to happen sooner rather than later. But Preston, yeah. man, I got to tell you something. I, I've been uh, racing Formula One. I bought Formula One 2020 for the PC. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with one racetrack in particular. We hinted on this at before the show, and I wanted to make sure it was a part of the show. Monaco. 
I have a whole different perspective as far as Monaco and mm-hmm. how just, to me, pointless it is on the Formula One circuit. And we're going to lead off the show with that. Formula One, Monaco, pointless as far as my opinion. And I know you're going to have a different opinion being the Formula One guy, but again, you are kind of outnumbered here. I feel we need a we need another one more host or open wheel host to level out the playing field. I feel, Preston, after playing it, I feel like it was such a pointless track. It's there's no passing zones, there's no room for error, which is okay in a street circuit. You expect that in a street circuit. But there is no passing zones. There's no racing as far as after the first lap, everybody gets, you better get single file or else you're going to hit the wall and damage your vehicle. I got to hear your takes on it. Being that you are an avid Formula One fan, and we did watch the Formula, the Monaco Grand Prix, though be it not Memorial Day weekend, the week prior to Memorial Day. T- take me through that, your mindset on Monaco, because to me, it's totally changed since I played that game and I don't like it. The first time I've ever, I ever watched it, I'm kind of with you. I kind of was like, okay, I don't really understand this track very much. There's nothing that goes on here. And then I kind of got to thinking, it kind of reminds me of almost like comparing it to like Daytona 500 of NASCAR. It's just one of those things that's, it's been there for so long. You kind of expect it on the circuit every single year. Mm -hmm. So of course I thought it was pointless, but then when I started playing F1 2020 as well, and racing at that track, then I started to realize that how difficult of a track it really is. And I'm thinking to myself, well, it's not really pointless because this just this is just one of those tracks that really you have to really prove how well you are of a driver. And I mean, there, like you said, there's no room for error. So when I started racing it, and I'm trying to set all these fast lap times, you get to that point where you have to make sure that your mind is focused on this track and every single turn, because if you're off by just a little, you're going to be crashing. And I don't know, I, I enjoy watching Monaco nowadays because I just knowing the fact that like, it just, it's such a, a strenuous track on the, on the mind of a driver. You, you have to be on top of your game, 110% all, I can't remember how many laps it really is, but every single lap, even through qualifying all weekend long, you, you have to be on your game. And I think a track like that proves at how well you are of a driver. Now, Charlie, I heard you shake your head and kind of, mm-mm. and I, so I got to hear you, man. I got to hear what you have to say in response to that. Well, he, he kind of corrected himself a little bit. because all <laughs> I, I see where this was, is going. I see where this is well, going. You know, you got Monaco, and then you got Daytona 500. You know, they both just kind of been there for a while. And I was like, well, you know, at least Daytona 500 kind of produces semi-exciting racing. You know, it's not where once you're in your position, that's where you just ride around for the rest of the race. Like, majority of Formula One races. I mean, let's, let's look at Lewis Hamilton, not taking anything away from him. But it seems like once he's out front, it's over. So now it's now it's, just, now it's not Lewis Hamilton. It's Max Verstappen who's out front, and yeah, nobody can and touch I mean, him. Maybe maybe they finally figured something out. So I, you know, I don't know. So not knocking on Formula One there because he did come back and say, well, you know, it, it, it's a it's a very technical track, and and you have very little room for error without just demolishing your car. Uh, very similar to Daytona. You know, a lot of people think Daytona is all about speed, but it's not. Um, Daytona, Talladega is all about speed. Daytona, I've heard from from multiple people 
Um, time and time again, when they do driver interviews and stuff, you know, you always hear about speed, 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 but Daytona is a handling track as well. He, he kind of, I, I guess I shouldn't have went and shook my head before I let him finish. I just, I jumped to conclusions there. So, but no, he, he, he kind of corrected it there towards the end. So I, have, I, I, I withdraw, I withdraw my head shake. I have a feeling that this show has turned into a Matt and Charlie versus Preston show. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> it's so bad. I feel so bad because it's like we brought you on, Charlie, and, and Preston's like, yeah, that's a good addition. Now I bet Preston's sitting there going, no, why did we do this? This is a stupid this idea. Was, how did we not – how did I not see this Freaking coming? Freaking fire this guy. But, like, you can't fire me. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> Neither are we, buddy. Neither are we. No, We're just here to talk goodness. racing and have a good time. Just wait, hey, just wait until we break. Like I was telling you earlier, if, if we are able to get a drag racing guy on here and talk about something that I don't think y'all have ever discussed on the show as far as drag racing. And the different styles of this, like me and you were talking about last week before the yeah. show or after the show, and the different types of drag racing. Um, you know, you, when you hear drag racing, you always think, well, first one to the end of the finish line uh, wins. Well, you know, it's not necessarily the case. I was unaware of that until I started hanging around them and helping them. So, you know, we'll, we'll go into more of that next week if, if I can get him on the show or, you know, if y'all want to get him on the show and whatnot. So, uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll continue on where we were. Well, no, I, I just a caveat on that. I think that would be a good addition to the show because drag racing is, is one of those forms of racing where we, we think top fuel and funny cars. And the first one from yeah. the start of the launch to the end of the quarter mile wins the race. It doesn't matter who, Absolutely. who makes it there first. Now, I remember you bringing it up last week, and I know Preston listened to the episode, too, and he might have an idea on this. It's like talking about how just because you're the first in line doesn't necessarily mean you win. And if we get the guy on next week, I'll be more than happy to pick his brain because that's kind of where I want to go with this show anyway. And I know that's kind of where we wanted to, Preston and I, from the beginning. It's like, well, let's explore all forms of racing, not just Formula One Indy NASCAR. Yeah, now, uh, to, to put it in perspective, um, I could have taken my circle track cup light car down there Sunday where they were drag racing at and entered it into the style of drag racing they were doing. Right. And, um, and I, I'm, pre- I'm pressing. Do you know anything about, I mean, like besides the basic funny car and top fuel, you know anything about drag racing? Cause I don't. When I was in auto club back in high school, we, we had a car that, uh, was bought and they kind of fixed it up to where they would take it to a couple of local like drag strips or whatever. But like, I never went, but I, I don't really know too much of the just behind it other than watching the professionals when they do it. Like you said, a top fuel, funny car, uh, pro stock, uh, pro motorcycle, whatever it is too. I don't, I don't really know too much about it. Um, I don't know. You kind of got me lost on this whole, just cause you're to the line first doesn't mean you win and all this other stuff. Right. I mean, I'm only thinking of that in terms of like qualifying where it, it, I mean, it doesn't matter in qualifying. It's just whatever kind of t- time you can set. Cause then at the, that, you know, that puts you in a bracket of whoever you got to go up against. And then, you know, whoever's got the faster time out of those two gets the lane choice. And usually one lane is better than the other and all this other stuff. It's, there's yeah. a lot of technical to it, but yeah, I mean, you kind of lost me. 
Yeah, so that's all Greek to me, and, and that's crazy for us because I never knew you were part of the auto club in high school. Yeah, I was part of auto club for a couple of years in high school. I didn't really do too much with it. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun to be a part of, but I'm like, we didn't really do a whole lot. We did get to take a one trip to uh, uh, outside of Atlanta when um, drag racing was coming through the pros. And we got to go for a qualifying day. And that was probably some of the coolest. Uh, that was one of the coolest experiences ever. I can tell you that, you know, you want your ticket gets you into the pits and everything like right. that. And you get to see them building the cars and all that other stuff. And it's, it's a really cool experience. I think we'll have to check out a drag racing and NHRA event up there in Charlotte. I dare say the, you know, the four wide, that'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. The four wide nationals. Yeah. That would be so much fun. And as well as the dirt track up there, I think that'd be, I think that's even one of yeah. those trips that Caroline would like to go on is the dirt track trip. Yeah. It, you know, that's, that's one thing I've yet to be to is a dirt, dirt track and, and actually watch a, watch a dirt stock car race. Well, how, know, I grew up racing carts on dirt, but that's, that's as far as it goes for me. You've never been to a dirt track race. Absolutely not, man. I started racing go-karts when I was three years old on the track. Man. Um, but I've I've never been to an actual car race on dirt. Yeah, that's um. We have a when you when you come up here in October, there's a dirt track down the road from us. It's called Sumter Motor Speedway. We're all yeah, three I've go there. Yeah, we'll all three go there. That's a fun dirt track. Caroline and I had a lot of fun there. Maybe we could get some um impromptu fan and driver interviews there. But uh, man. That's, I feel a tailgating coming on. Uh, it's it, it seems like good. It's just one of those good old backwoods, you know, like off the beaten path track, and it's just out there in the middle of literally nowhere. But Sumter's well known, though. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Maybe we can invite Jerry Nadu because I know he likes dirt racing. Maybe he could come down there and hang out. But Preston, I got a question for you before we move on with anything. Charlie bought a new computer. Which means you have to buy a new computer so we can all Twitch stream. I'll send you exactly what I bought. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll get right on that whenever I get money. <laughs> so that that's a hard no. They, they, they make credit cards. Oh no! <laughs> I would never ask him no, to do that. I would never... I'm not going to go back down that rabbit hole. No, again. no, no, no! You don't want to do that again. But anyway, just wanted to put, put that up there. We do have a piece of news here, and it's coming from the Ford camp. It's more specifically the Penske camp. And when I say more specifically, the Penske camp, we're going to go further down. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. To the next level and Wood Brothers racing, it seems like based on an interview here from Jay Ski that 
there have been no talks as far as Matt DiBenedetto, Matt DiBenedetto staying in the 21. Now, I got to ask you guys this. We all know Brakislavski's going from the two-car to Roush Fenway racing here at the start of 2022. That leaves the two-car open. Do you think Cindric takes that twenty that two-car spot, or does he still bump out to Benedetto for that 21 car? I, I think I think you would see Cindric in the two-car. As bad as I – look, I, I like Matty D. I really do. But at the same time, you may see somebody else in the 21 next year as well. So you might see Matty D without a ride period next year. But Unless he gets picked up by – Track house being they just picked yep. up two more charters. But then but then you gotta think of Ross Chastain. You gotta think of Kurt, Kurt Bush doesn't have a home yet. Chastain doesn't have a home yet. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think I think the Benedetto gets picked up by someone because he is a fan favorite. He does bring in the yeah. money. That's all that, that's all he is. Some, it does bring in some cash flow. He Absolutely. Does. But I don't see it being Pinsky. I, I see it being track house if anybody, right mm-hmm. off hand. Uh, unless he drops down to Xfinity and runs Xfinity full-time. Which is I don't see him do it. Yeah, that doesn't really work out well, all too well. Look at Daniel Hemrick. He's just plagued with bad luck in the Xfinity series, especially when a certain Kyle Busch wrecks him at Atlanta. I mean, we'll get more into that. I got to understand your guys' opinion on the whole Atlanta race. We got a whole lot to dig into on that one. Preston, I mean, I mean, you make some good points. I think the Benedetto is a fan favorite, but does he produce? We we talked about this last week with Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace is a fan favorite. Everybody wants to root for the underdog. However, if the underdog doesn't produce, especially in this level of racing at this national stage, there's someone else in the Xfinity series or your truck series. I can pull a name out of the air right now, Ty Gibbs, but he's going to go the Joe Gibbs route hands down all the way. There are tons of kids down there in the Xfinity and Truck Series who are more than willing to say, hey, I, I'm better than the Benedetto. I'm better than Bubba Wallace. But who could that be? Well, well, well for, first, first, let's hear Preston. Preston, who do you, what do you think will happen here? Right? This is kind of a silly season prediction as far as who's going to replace Brad Keselowski and who's going to possibly fill that Wood Brothers Racing 21. Um, I, I'm all in agreement with Charlie. Austin Chendrick is going to go to the two. Matt DiBenedetto might be out of a ride. I don't think the 21, I don't think he'll really go back to that 21 team. I think they're going to bring somebody else in. I think Trackhouse Racing doesn't even pick him up. I think Trackhouse Racing keeps like Ross Jastain, maybe. Maybe they sign him. I mean, I hear the rumors that Kurt Busch is going to go to 23XI anyways as part of that second car. But, um, you know, talking about producing, you know, Bubba Wallace, in my opinion, he doesn't really produce, but then again, he brings in a lot of new fans more to say and that's but he, I mean, but what, he are gonna, what are you gonna do but he also brings in a lot of negative stuff with him as well and i and i completely agree with that too because he there have been times where he just doesn't learn how to be quiet at some at some times and you know freaking mouth it's shit. it's it's, a, it's one of those it's a hard game to play because with the way nascar is these days and it's all about money 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 usually i mean you're not just looking at talent too but you're looking at somebody that can bring in money at the same time and yeah, you know, Matt DiBenedetto might be a fan favorite, but, I mean, he, I don't know, to me, I don't know if it's bad luck or he just can't produce as well. I, I just, I don't know. I don't see him really having a ride yet at this point. No, I don't either. I, I think DiBenedetto, though, though be it he is a popular driver, 
I mean, he, I want to, I root for him. I think, I don't think there's a NASCAR fan out there who doesn't root for Matt Benedetto. If they saw Matt Benedetto win this weekend at New Hampshire, nobody would say, man, I wish Kyle Busch would have won instead of Matt Benedetto. I don't think there's a fan out there who thinks that. Uh, he, he would get a standing ovation. He would. After all he's been through and all in, in his humbleness and his just ability to stay positive through the negatives, just a great you know role model, I guess you could say, for anybody out there in any profession. But does Matt DiBenedetto have what it, have what it takes to stay in the Cup Series for another five, six years? Man, I want to say yes, but... If I was the team owner for Wood Brothers, if I was the team owner for any organization looking to hire a driver for 2022, Matt DiBenedetto would be on the list only for the fact that fans would follow him to that team. I say Trackhouse keeps Ross Chastain because I feel like they could keep him for less money than they could keep Kurt Busch. You might could see Kurt Busch go to the 21. So let's say Kurt Busch left. They kept. Ross Chastain, Kurt Busch goes to the 21, and he doesn't go to 21XI. I see Harrison Burton going to 21XI. You mean 23XI? 23XI, whatever. <laughs> There's a big difference between 21. It's just a bunch of numbers. Yeah, it's just a bunch of numbers thrown in there. Just throwing in there. Stupidest team name ever. No, it's a great team name. What are you talking about? Michael Jordan's number with with uh, Denny Hamlin's number? Come on, man. Yeah. Let's be honest. If team name won races. Uh... <laughs> no, right, right you are. But no, no, I mean. No, no. I guess Bubba Wallace would be the series champ already, huh? Well, maybe, but and you got a point there. But, man, I tell you what, there is nothing. Oh, man. No, I, as far as Kurt Busch, we keep talking about Kurt Busch here. What what if Kurt Busch goes and says, I don't want to do this anymore. I've done everything I wanted to do in the sport. Daytona 500 champ, 2004 Cup Series champion. There's nothing more I need to prove in the sport. What if he says, I'm done, goes commentary. There's, there's, okay. there's whispers out there of him going commentary. Now, I think, who does that? Who's who takes 23XI's second seat? Could it be what if, the Benedetto? What? What if Richard Childress brought back the third car? I don't see that happening. They're still rebuilding, although be it that they're doing very well this season compared to last season, mainly My, Tyler Reddick. I, I hate to but the best thing Richard Childress could do is get rid of his grandson. No, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I know that would start a feud with the family. This ain't family. This Preston, is business. Preston, remember when, when we first started in the marbles, and if y'all go back and listen to episode one, I'm talking episode one, episode two, I mean, 90-something episodes ago, and I was advocating for Daniel Hemrick, and I said, Hemrick is running better than Austin Dillon is, though be it that they're in the mid-20s every week average finish, and Hemrick goes, and Tyler Reddick bumps up. Well, you look who's toting that team now. Tyler Reddick. Yep, exactly. Well, what's the average finish of Austin Dillon right now? Right now, I'll get that for you. But Austin Dillon, man, he's never average been. Average finish this suck. That's what average <laughs> finish is. There's no number next there's, to there's it. There's no number next to it. Just suck. Like you look up suck in the dictionary, and there's a picture of Austin well, Dillon and Bubba Wallace. Wait a minute, man. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
average finish right now in this 2021 season after 21 races is a 13.19. Now, now we go to Tyler Reddick here, and his average finish is a 14.38. So Austin Dillon is actually beating Tyler Reddick this season in average finishes. Okay. Well, I, I still use Tyler Reddick in my fantasy lineup over Austin Dillon any day. Any day. I mean, both of them have one top five. So none of them are having the most spectacular season. And Richard Childress hasn't had a spectacular season, I dare say, since Kevin Harvick. Once Kevin Harvick left, that organization went downhill. Kevin Harvick seems to be the backbone to any team he goes to, whether it be Richard Childress or Stuart Haas Racing. Harvick is the backbone, but we're not talking about Harvick. We're talking about Richard Childress racing. Somehow we got well, we back. could we could be talking about Harvick. I heard a really big rumor in the NASCAR Reddit world. Oh, let's earlier. hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> so Ramblin about racing, man. In the NASCAR Reddit world, there's a rumor going around that Maple's actually texting me about this, and there's okay. a rumor that there's whispers that Kevin Harvick would talk about retiring after the end of the season I believe and going that. to commentary and that Ryan Blaney would look into trying to scoot over to the four car. Man, that'll shake up Penske so much. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Holy crap. I never even thought about that because Kevin Harvick has been racing just as long as Kurt Busch since 20, yeah. 2001. And, and to have him leave like that, I think that would be... Oh my gosh! I never even thought about that. What a great ripple! What are, What are your takes on that? I mean, I'm going to start off with Preston. What do you What do you think about that? I, you know, I, I honestly I don't see Kevin Harvick wanting to retire yet. I think maybe he has another year or two in the tank. I don't know what his contract situation looks like. I would have to like find that out. I but, think he has a couple more. Seasons I mean, if he does retire, house. man, that that opens up a big door of the who could even go to that four car because, Stu, like you said, Kevin Harvick seems like to be like the backbone of anywhere that he goes. I mean, if he leaves Stuart Haas racing, what do they really have at the moment? Well, other than all these, uh, all the young guys that are still trying to figure it away, you know, Cole Custer and um, Chase Briscoe. And who's the other, who's the other one at Stuart Haas that I'm blanking out on? Uh, Eric Almarola. Yeah. He's just having a season in general. He's having bad luck with what he is having. All Stuart Haas racing. But man, that, what a shakeup that would be. I think he actually signed something till the end of 2023. If I'm not mistaken, I saw that a couple weeks ago that he did sign something till Ooh, the Harvick. end. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to confirm. I thought that. he had already signed an extension. But I mean, that makes a good point. I mean, who's to say he 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 just doesn't say he? Who's to say that Kevin Harvick just says no? I'm done. I mean, what if he pulls a Carl Edwards? It's not outside yeah. the realm of possibility. Carl Edwards did it after the 2016 season. We were expecting to see him go for another championship in 2017, and that just fell through. That didn't happen. What if he does pull a, a Carl Edwards? I mean, that's a good point because if Ryan Blaney— Carl Edwards going to have to come back and hop in a Penske ride if both of them left. Boy, that would make everybody's day if Carl Edwards comes back. Absolutely, man. Carl Edwards needs to come drive in the SRX series and replace Bill Elliott. No, well, well, we'll get more into XR, SRX. We're talking about this right now. I want to talk about this just a little bit longer because what Preston said brings up a great point and a great scenario. If Harvick says, I'm done, regardless of contract extension or not, he goes away to commentary. Ryan Blaney switches over from Penske to Stuart Haas Racing. That will leave technically three cars open with Joey Logano being the sole captain of that team, in a sense. 
And then you got Ross Chastain, Kurt Busch. You got a lot of moving parts here as far as silly season. And we're going to have to have a show dedicated to just silly season about this. But man, what a shakeup that would be, Preston. Yeah, what a uh, what a shakeup it would be. Trust me, I was a little, I mean, when Maples had texted me this, I mean, this is probably like less than an hour ago. He just hit me with this. He just said big silly season rumor. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And he texted me this whole thing. He said, Harvick is considering retiring and joining the Fox booth. And Mulaney is going to try and buy himself out of his contract to jump into the four. And I asked him where he found that out. He said NASCAR Reddit. So I'm just like, holy crap. You'd be surprised how much. Now we got all kinds of rumors just flying in this world. Well, you would be (laughs) so surprised how much information is credible on NASCAR Reddit. Crystal ball. Mm -hmm. People have crystal balls and they can see the future there on NASCAR Reddit for somehow, some way they can. But that would be interesting. I think we need a whole silly season show here in the next couple of weeks to talk about this. Anything else about that, guys? Anything Really, anything else about Matt Benedetto? Because that was kind of the main topic of that and snowballed into this. I guess I don't see Blaney leaving. Blaney's a good, Blaney's a good asset, too. And, and I don't see I – just, I just don't see Harvick leaving. I would see Harvick wanting to leave out on a higher note than what he's having this year. So, I just don't see him saying, you know what, I'm done. Got a good um, point. I've had a crap year. I, I'm done. I, I just see him being more of a – I want to end on a on a better note than right. this, I guess. And plus, you know, if you go back to all the rumors circulating between him and Haley Deegan, you know, he was going to stay in the four car until she was ready to move up to the Cup Series. So yeah, that's true too. Uh, you you got to look. You got to put all that in the factor as well. So no, you got a great point there, and I think that I think that will about do it with that news story. Holy cow! <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Folks, going to take a quick break from the show here and remind everyone out there about our online store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. There you can find our latest show gear such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, pint glasses, and so much more. Show everybody, whether you're at your local short track or the high banks of Daytona, that you are a fan and avid listener of in the marbles. And if you order now till the end of July and use discount code tailgate, you'll get an additional 20% off of your order. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. Or if you head over to our website in the marbles.net under the merch tab, you'll see the link that will take you directly to the store. Again, if you use discount code tailgate between now and the end of July, that's 20% off your order. All purchases go to help in the marbles bring you more content in the future that's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles tailgate for 20 percent off of your order <laughs> going to the srx race i, I don't know i think it was Preston or charlie who brought up the uh, srx race this weekend what a great race the way the racing should be but i tell you what paul tracy mad at haley deegan can tear up some stuff. Boy, and Paul Tracy can tear Paul up some Tracy, stuff. Paul Tracy, who's an open-wheel driver, cart IndyCar driver for the longest time, he, that's what he's best known for, and that's what he raced professionally. Man, I mean, either you're good at that series or you're not. You adapt well or you don't. We've seen drivers go up and down. Final race this weekend at the Nashville Fair, Fairgrounds. Real quick from both of you, does SRX, for one, well, and then we'll talk about this more next week. Extend the season next season 
for more tracks instead of just six races? And do they expand the field to more drivers? I think they should only do one of the two. I think they should either expand the season or expand the field. Yeah, okay. And which um, one would you rather see? I would say field, but at the same time, alternating tracks out every year. There's plenty of tracks. Run a short season. So if you're running only six or seven races a season or whatever, or you can expand. Yeah, sure, you can do both. But I'm not saying double the season length. You know, go from a six to an eight, uh, eight race season at, you know, tops. Because, you know, you don't want to overdo what they got going on. Do, do what you got, you know, take what you got. And just slightly improve on it. Don't don't try to drastically do it. And then Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, you know, wind up overdoing it and killing the momentum that you have going. So I would say maybe add two races and extending the field a little bit, but not running the same races, same racetracks every year, especially since they're mainly focusing on all your short tracks and stuff like that. There's short tracks all over the country. Look, take a popular vote at the beginning of the year. You know, open open it up to a fan vote. There's no reason why it can't be open to a fan vote. Okay, uh, Preston, what do you think? Do you think uh, the season's good and they need to increase the field, or do you think the field's good and they need to increase the season? Um. Well, you know, it seems like they got pretty good good momentum, and you know, I would I would like to you know see what how they've done. And in terms of like, you know, financial situation and everything like that for this first season, because it seems like a very good idea. And I, I like the whole concept. I'm kind of with Charlie on this one, to be honest, after hearing what he had to say, I don't, I don't blame him. This is a series that should just be strictly kept for like a summer. This is a summer series thing. Saturday night shootouts at short tracks. That's all we need. That's the kind of series that some people like to see. And I honestly, I kind of like it like that. You know, I like having this alternate racing series that I can watch during the summertime on like a Saturday night, you know, it's kind of cool. You know, eight races is not a bad schedule at all. And maybe putting a couple more cars in the field is not a bad thing at all either. You know, like Charlie said, why try and like double it right out the gate? I mean, you need to keep the momentum going, but you don't need to go out there and throw everything in there thinking that you guys are riding this high and then come next season, we do it again and you throw like 16 races in there and then a ton of other people in there. And all of a sudden it's not that fun anymore. You know, there's a lot, like Charlie said, there's a lot of tracks all over the country that they can go to. And this is, they got something good going on. I think they need to just keep it strictly in the summer. A races sounds good enough for me. I don't really understand six races. I, I think six races is too short. I think now that you've well, seen I think, success. I think six races is only just because they didn't know how the series right. was going to go. It's kind I of like that. a test almost, you know. Right. Six races is just a test. Right. I think I think if they up it to 10, 12, you know, double the amount of races, even just keep the field the same. I'm I'm against increasing the field when you can increase the schedule 
and have more anticipation on at short tracks, maybe like South Alabama Speedway. Short tracks we don't know much about. South Boston Speedway, you know, tracks that are known, but fans have really never seen a race at. You know, dirt track racing's great with it and all. I think I think that's a good little mix in it. Do I think road course racing should be in there? No, I don't think road course racing could. It's just because you're not a big fan of no. it in general. No, I'm not. I'm not. Let's face it. If you go back to the Cup Series this year, that's been some of the better racing this year, period. No. Yeah, no. It has. No. Uh, I don't know. Has. Only on some tracks. Not I even think on any. Yeah, no. no. This is. With the exception <laughs> of Coda, with the, the rain and them not having their shit together for that race, it has been a good racing yeah. on road courses. No, I mean, if you. If the only you're just not a Chase Elliott fan, and when Chase wins, you're just like. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the fact that Chase Elliott wins road courses. I could care less because you know what? The best road courses, the best road course I've ever seen in the past twenty something years I've been a fan of NASCAR is the Rollville. Only because they're clumped together pretty much the whole time. That was a good race we went to. That was a great race we went to. I never thought I'd see a driver hit the wall head on and then drive his way through the field like Chase Elliott did. But it's not yeah, the fact but it's eight. That 8.45 a.m. Miller Lot was good, too. <laughs> <laughs> but but it wasn't even the, it's not even the fact that Chase Elliott is good at road courses. I don't care if Chase Elliott is good at road courses. That's just easy for me to pick for my fantasy league. I just don't care for the amount of oversaturation that NASCAR is putting in road courses. And I fear if SRX goes road course racing, that's going to turn a lot of people off of what Preston said, the Saturday night short track racing the grassroots racing whether it be on dirt or asphalt nobody goes i think out of their way to see a saturday night road course race at their local yeah, road no, course track srx needs to stay away from road courses i think that's kryptonite to srx yeah, if, the, absolutely. if okay well if they don't go to road course i think they should go to a super speedway like the old iraq series did I'm, this is pretty much a rebirth of the iraq series so i don't mind them at all going to Maybe a Daytona or a Talladega. I don't mind that at all. Or maybe a Charlotte even. But I feel like it's going to be one of the... Uh, they should stay away from the mile and a half track. See, I'm the opposite on you on that. I, I, I just... There's too many mile and a half tracks. All NASCAR does is run, oh, guess what, guys? We're at a mile and a half track this week. Where are we going to be next week? Oh, guess what, guys? Another mile and a half track. Another mile and a half track. Oh, you know what they're going to do? They're going to hold it wide open throttle all the way around. No, you're right. I mean, the way the current rule packages for NASCAR mile and a half tracks are no different than super speedway tracks, only that the driver in front gets away from them and nobody can catch them, except if you're Ross Chastain and Kurt Busch working together to be Kyle Busch. But SRX... It just made it hard passing, that's all. It's, it's you true. Know, but, but, you know, SRX is doing such a great job this season. I can't wait till the Nashville Fairgrounds. I think that... SRX hit a home run this season. The anticipation after a year of waiting was not a letdown. If you've been watching all of SRX like I have, you're definitely a fan of SRX. Their numbers are good. Their attendance is great. And I love the way they bring in hometown ringers into the race and say... Mix it up a little bit. Mix it up a little bit. If you'll look at the stands with the exceptions of the... And the let me put this politely the um areas that have only allowed 50% attendance still that's the nice way of putting it, but anyway, uh, 
the tracks that have allowed, you know what, guys, this is a free country. You can go to the freaking racetrack if you want to. Those stands have been packed, standing room only. So, and it has been great racing all year. It really so, has. Man, I mean, I didn't know we were going to go into quite a debate, but that's what I like about this format. That we could just. And if you want, if you want cautions, leave Paul Tracy in the series. <laughs> <laughs> with with Haley Deegan, definitely, because holy cow, whatever. Hey, answer me this, and I don't know if you guys know this, because I sure as heck don't. What happened to Danica Patrick commentating? Well, she she's right here. You want me to ask her? Yeah, go ahead and ask her since she's right there. <laughs> hey, Danica. <laughs> the, I need to ask you a question. Oh boy, the, the beauty of editing. This show is going down. I don't know if this show is doing great with <laughs> We're gonna get some reviews on that one. Well, what's great about rambling about racing is we, we now introduced a beer thing on, on the cover of the podcast, so we know what at least Charlie and I will be doing throughout the courses of our next shows. But man, I mean, I like Danica as a commentator. But man, as our, we're going to leave it here before we move on to what we think about my I next. Can say to- that. I don't have a wife, so yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, about this next topic, before we go on to my next topic, SRX hit a home run. They did a great job with Alan Bestwick in the booth. They did a best job, the good job with the pit road commentary. They did a great yeah. job with the cars. Ray Everham, Tony Stewart hit a home run. And I think they're going to come back next year with more tracks and more on the schedule. And I think it's going to be great. Yeah, now, there's one There's one more race, aren't they? One more Nashville race, Nashville, Nashville's Fairgrounds. And it's going, to be, yep. it's, it's going to be a great It's going to be a great show, I think, either way. Now, I got to yeah, ask. I'm, I'm a, I'll make sure to, I'm going to make sure to watch it. Yeah, because I don't have any race going on this weekend. So yeah, make sure to watch it. I think it. it's going to be great to watch. Now, I got a question for both of you. And this is coming after the Truck Series race at Knoxville. The calamity of that truck race, the utter disappointment of that. Does NASCAR, I'm not specifically talking about the truck series, Xfinity, or the Cup. I'm talking NASCAR in general. Do they need to stay away from dirt after the truck series race this last weekend? In my opinion, no. If I'm not mistaken, this was the first dirt race since they uh, quit running Eldora. Yeah, this was actually Um, the first dirt race since Bristol Dirt for the truck series. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I forgot about Bristol Dirt Race. Now, I, I think they should keep a dirt race. Eldora for the trucks, when I watched it the first time they ran there, it was a great race, a lot of excitement. I think Bristol was, a from a lot of people, a disappointment this past year. You know, and granted, I, you know, it was kind of a, hey, we're going to do this this year. So maybe next year it'd be better if they decide to do it again, which I think they've already put it on the schedule. I'm, I'm not sure about that. So I, I, I think they should keep one dirt race on the schedule, just one. That, that's it. Absolutely one for each of the three series. Preston, what do you think? Do you think NASCAR needs to stay on dirt, or do you think they have a good little balance here with the Truck Series Cup series with Bristol, just keep it Bristol. Really, what do you think about NASCAR and dirt? I like NASCAR and dirt. Honestly, I don't, I don't think they need to branch away from anything like that, but I mean, Bristol dirt race this past year was, I mean, I, I enjoyed it just because it was fun to see them do it on that track for the cup series for the first time and all that other stuff, but it wasn't that great of a race. And, what really annoyed me was how NASCAR started changing things up in the middle of the race. But I mean, that's for another day, but 
I think NASCAR should, I think it's, I think they got something good going on. You know, truck series is a nice series to where you can kind of, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is um, experiment, experiment with, you know, a couple different dirt tracks here and there and see if you like it, maybe expand it into the Xfinity and maybe the Cubs series. But I, I like NASCAR racing some dirt. I mean, why not? That's what NASCAR, they used to do that before, you know, when NASCAR was first starting anyways, you know, like running on the beach at Daytona and stuff like that. So why, why not? You know, why not? You know, NASCAR's already branched out and all this, you know, cup series running all these freaking road courses anyways. Why not just throw in some dirt while we're at it, you know, mix it up. Why not? Let's have some fun. It sounded like kind of a sarcastic answer there, Preston, because <laughs> to me, I mean, I think it's fine at certain tracks like Charlie alluded to, like an Eldora, an established dirt track. I think, I mean, but just based on the calamity, the just big wreck there on the restart, tearing up a bunch of trucks, I don't think it's worth it for the trucks to, or, or NASCAR in general, to try something new to the point where teams are going to avoid it like the plague or not look forward to it like a Daytona and Talladega in some cases where they know they're going to tear up equipment. Tony Stewart said it best in a famous interview about Talladega, you know, I don't think NASCAR is satisfied until they wreck more than half the field. We saw that this last weekend in the truck race. The I I mean I don't I don't think dirt ha- and a lot of fans I think would agree with me in the sense that NASCAR tried it on dirt. It didn't work. It was one of those things where it it was great on paper. It was great on practice, but it, as far as a long term investment, I don't see it as far as that. And well, NASCAR. maybe maybe NASCAR just needs to take you know maybe they need to just start looking more into it more. Uh, you know, just studying it more before really going about it in, you know, in person. I mean, I'm not saying that NASCAR probably doesn't do that already, but may, you know, as a fan's perspective, maybe they're just not as a fan's perspective, you would think that NASCAR maybe didn't really look into it enough before they just send a series there. And then you have all these people wrecking. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It kind of, it kind of brings me back to like what, you know, when it was, announced uh last week about how atlanta was they're announcing that atlanta's making all these changes to the track and yeah. you know looking at it, it's just like ah, i don't know about that you yeah, know it's i a, don't know it's a new burst it's a new darlington yeah yeah that's exactly what i thought too you know listening to the episode last week when you had mentioned that i was like that's exactly what i thought too but anyways you know it just you know for, from a fan's perspective you know if you're talking about all these vehicles being you know all these trucks getting torn up and everything like that maybe it's just nascar just needs to study the track a little bit more before they just send it out there and then we just it just looks like a calamity the entire time yeah agreed how many how many cars did nascar start on the on the bristol dirt race all of them yeah yeah eventually they had two heat races or they were supposed to have two heat races to set qualifying. That got rained out, and then they set the whatever the thirty whatever car field there for the dirt race. Then, if they're going to do the dirt race, then they go back to the heat races and everything, and shorten the field for the dirt tracks. Well, then now take uh, and then you're going to bring no, in sponsorship problems, and no. then it's just like the charter system all over again. Either you, people don't either have. you drive or you don't drive. <laughs> 
Well, then that I just mean, sounds like an all-star me, race. I wish it was still like that. I'm, I'm all with you, Charlie. I wish it was like that. But you know what? NASCAR has become this plethora of uh, money sport where, like you alluded on the charter system last week and how you think it's ridiculous. And I honestly think it's ridiculous, too, because the charter system is just all about money at this point. And that's what NASCAR is, is money. And I, in my opinion, I don't feel like single-car teams are even going to get a chance to even come back and qualify whenever NASCAR goes back to qualifying because the pandemic screwed everything up anyways. It's true. So everybody's lost money everywhere. Well, then if you go back to a heat race and if you make the field great, if you don't, oh, well, then it's just a glorified all-star race with points. That's all it is. It's an all-star race. I think dirt tracks should be reserved, in the case of Bristol, more so for the Cup Series, as an all-star event. This is great for the fans. It would be a great show, but keep the points races okay. on pavement. Well, you you bring up a different point. Then let's run the dirt track as an all-star event. Yeah, let's just do that. Let's just run dirt races as an all-star event, and the only all-star event in the NASCAR Divisional Series is the Cup Series. Don't race trucks on dirt anymore. I'd run trucks on dirt, too. You're running a lot less trucks than you are Cup cars. Yeah, it's true. That's very true, too. It's, it's true, yeah. You make a great point there, but man, man, I didn't, I didn't know we would go down the rabbit hole so much on these topics. I love it so much. I love it. One more topic before we get into our final thoughts and start wrapping up the show. Kurt Busch won this weekend with the help of Ross Chastain, pretty much throwing a block on Kyle Busch, as Kurt Busch would say, a shake and bake move with teammates there in order to secure a win for Kurt Busch. And t- Chip Ganassi racing as a whole, good move or bad move? And Charlie, I'm going to start with you, Charlie. What do you think of that? I'd say good move. I mean, all Ross did is is make it difficult for Kyle Busch to pass him. I, it's not like he started driving slower. He just started running Kyle Busch's lane. Even Kyle Busch at the end of the race started blaming it on his car. I mean. That's the one thing I can say. You never hear Kyle Busch say, well, you know, I just ran out of talent, or I just did this, or I just did this. It's always, well, the car, or the car, or the car, or the car. It's like a, it's a freaking broken record. No, I mean, what it is is you just couldn't get around lap traffic. Somebody took your lane, and you couldn't drive a different lane of the track. Sure, was it his teammate, and did it work out pretty good timing? Yes. Would I have been pissed if I was Kyle Busch? Sure. I mean, you just cost me a win. But would I have done the same thing if I was Ross Chastain and my teammate was going to win? Hell yeah. I mean, who wouldn't have? (laughs) No, no. I mean, you bring a good point up there, man, because, you know, I mean, you you look at that, and I – I barely noticed it until I saw it, and then I put two and two together, and the way that it was put together for me was really just looking back on the actual race itself and going, man, Chastain did throw a, you know, he did take the line away from Kyle Busch. And Kyle Busch then came over the radio after Kurt rocketed to the lead and said, the freaking bump front end of this car is not turning. He blamed it on the car, and and Charlie makes a great point. It seems like it's never the problem with, and we'll we'll get more into that in a second here, but Preston, I want to hear your take. Great teamwork or just one of those dirty moves? What do you think? Um, I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of the race on Sunday, but I did see this whole thing. I've seen the video over and over and over again, and, you know, 
you can break it down to a couple of things. Is it a, a teammate move? Sure. Is it a racing incident? Absolutely as well, because looking at it, I mean, where's Chastain going to go to begin with? He can stay up there in Kyle Busch's lane, or he could go down and then disrupt Kurt Busch, who's trying to make a run. I mean, there's you can't. There's nobody's going to win in this situation. But it's not just that. Here's the thing, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm not gonna regret this one bit. I think Kyle Busch is being a freaking crybaby out this the entire time, and he always is a damn crybaby. Kyle Busch and all these top drivers in the series think that all the lap cars that they come up on just think that they have to bow out of the way for everybody. Ross Chastain's got a decent car, and you know what? If he wants to stay on the freaking lead lap, he can try and stay on the freaking lead lap all day long. I don't care. That's what racing is. If they, you know, if these guys are gonna cry and whine that these lap cars especially like a Rasha scene who's like I said, got a decent car that needs to just bow out of the way. I mean, come on, there's still like 10 to 15 laps to go. I'm, why do people have to just bow out of the way? Well, Kyle Busch is just looking for an excuse because Rasha's team, in my opinion, looked like he just ran a line and that's it. It was a racing incident. I don't think he was looking out for his teammate one bit. If he was, good for him because that's what it is. It's a team sport. But at the same time, looking at the video over and over again, to me, Rasha's team... I mean, where is he going to go? He can stay high or he can go low and block Kurt Busch at the same time. Rosh Dean just tried to stay high because you know what? At the same time, if you're the leader, you need to be looking ahead and figuring out how you're going to time when you're coming up on these lap cars at the same time. You can't just assume that they're going to move out of the way all day long. So at the end of the day, I think it's a racing incident. And I also think it's a team thing at the same time. You know what? Good for them. Kyle Busch, he can keep crying all day long and, you know, go back to the Xfinity series and win against a bunch of nobodies or something. You know, you know, screw him at this point. Dang. Holy cow. You opened up a uh, can of worms with Preston. No, you're, no, I mean, you're, you're right to an extent. You know, I, I agree with you about pretty much everything except for the lap car part. You know, if the leaders are coming up on you, yes. The lap car needs to hold their line. That's the rule. Now, is it a rule or is it a gentleman's agreement? It's really and truly a gentleman's uh, uh, agreement. Now, it's different where you go. You know, I told so. I told a kid before a race, the the race before the last, you know, not this past race, but the race before at Kinston, only because he caused he almost caused a. a, I almost just smashed his shit, and to a point where I almost did it on purpose. Because he would run low down the straightaway and then try and get out of the way of the corners by going high. Well, I'm running high on the straightaway and trying to dip down into the corner, but then he just wants to shoot up in front of me. Well, I had to hit on the brakes hard to keep from eating his lunch. So I told him before the last race, I said, hey, man, look, this this isn't going to work. He said, either you're going to run low and you're going to stay low in the corners or you're going to run high and you're going to stay high in the corners so that if you're a lap car, you're not in our way. You you stay out of the way. Because I can promise you at some point in time, Ross Chastain was was about to get shown or was already being shown the the blue and yellow striped flag. Oh, the, which was, yeah, the blue and yellow flag. Yeah, which was lap traffic flag, which being, you know, hey, leaders are coming up on you. Move out of the way. Good job, Matt. And at that point, d- depending on what you're doing, Ross Chastain being a teammate is going to be like, you know what? I, I'm going to move wherever Kurt Busch is, is is not running, in which case Kurt Busch was running a low line. I'm going to move high. Kyle Busch just couldn't do it. He Kyle Busch should have run the freaking low line. He didn't. So 
that, that's on Kyle. Yeah, he can blame it on car or whatever, but you know, at the end, Kyle just run out of talent. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I understand what Charlie's saying that I, I get it that, you know, it is a gentleman's agreement, excuse me, that lap traffic is usually needs to stay out of the leaders. I'm just saying that there's certain points on the tracks where you can't really do that sometimes. And as a leader, it's your responsibility also to figure out how fast you're coming up on that lap traffic. Because quite honestly, for a guy like maybe Ross Chastain in a decent equipment car, you know, you want to stay out of the way of the leaders, but you don't want to just move completely out of the way and then lose whatever time you have on the guy you're trying to chase down at the same time. And it's just, like I said, I think it just all comes down to timing in general and watching it over and over again. It looks like it's just, you know, they all get to the corner right there. I mean, where's Ross really going to go at that point? I mean, he stayed high and Kyle drove it in high too. And I mean, what do you want him to do? Try and drive it to the middle of the turn and let both of them pass you on both sides. I mean, that's a little dangerous at the same time, but I mean, it's just one of those racing incidents is what it comes down to. It's just, it's all about timing. And I feel like as the leader, it's your responsibility to also figure out how fast you're coming up on that lap car, because you want to know where can I pass that lap car to where I don't lose a lot of time at the same time as well. So, you know, that's just how I look at it. I mean, it makes a great point. I think Ross Chastain did nothing wrong. Now, could he have been whispered in some, could he had a whisper in an ear saying, hey, let's help Kurt Busch out and help our teammate out to get the, to ensure we get this win and secure at least one of our cars in the playoffs? I wasn't listening to Chastain's radio, so I don't know. I was mainly listening to Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch's radio. And once Kyle said, we're done, the front end is trash. The front end is garbage. I knew. I, I thought, there's Kyle Bush. There's the Kyle Bush I know. It's because what Charlie alluded to, if Kyle Bush were to come after a race and say, we just got outdrove, we got beat, I think a lot more fans would appreciate Kyle Bush instead of, uh, let's blame the car, let's call Ross, Ross Chastain a POS, this and that. I don't think it was a POS move. I don't think it was a POS action that Ross Chastain did. I think it was a great team effort from Ganassi. I hear Charlie's point of view saying, hey, pick a lane and stay there. It's a gentleman's agreement. Get out of the way. But then I, I look at it as, from Preston's point of view, and, you're, and Preston's always been very adamant about this, is that those cars on the tail end of the lead lap have every right to fight to stay on the lead lap. He wasn't a lap down at the time of this. He was still on the lead lap. There'll be a tail end of the lead lap. He has every right to stay on the lead lap in the event a caution does come out and you drive back around and be in contention for maybe a better finish. But I don't think, I don't think, you know, Chip Ganassi, Ross Chastain did anything wrong this weekend in Atlanta. No, I, I don't feel that it did either. So, and even if it did, it's done and over with now. All yeah, you do is move, move on to New Hampshire. Yeah, move on to New Hampshire. Speaking of that, we got a number of races coming up here this weekend. We, we got racing from New Hampshire Sunday, July 18th at 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on NBCSN. Saturday, July 17th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBCSN for the Xfinity Series. The first one for is for the Cup Series. And this weekend for Formula 1 is going to be a very interesting one. The introduction of Sprint Qualifying, and that's going to be Saturday, July 17th at 11.30 p.m., Till noon Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. That's going to be interesting. We've talked about it early on the show. We're going to have a more in-depth talk about that next week. And in the actual Formula One Grand Prix from Great Britain is going to be at 
10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. That's going to be a lot of fun. Gentlemen, anything else before we get into our driver of the week and this week in NASCAR and our final thoughts of this show? No, I'm uh, I'm good. Already looking forward to next week's episode. So I think it's been a pretty good episode. Yeah. What about you, Preston? Anything else before we wrap it up here? Uh, nope. Nothing else. Uh... All right. We will get to our final thoughts after this read from Fanatics. If you're on the Unhinged Sports Network and on your regular podcast platform, this is Rambling About Racing within the Marbles, and we'll be right back after this. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to take a moment to remind everybody out there and in the Marbles Nation about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at In the Marbles are the voice of racing. If you head over to InTheMarbles.net under the Partners tab, there you will find a link to Fanatics. And it'll take you right to their NASCAR store, where you can find all your favorite drivers' hats, t-shirts, diecast, and more. But you don't have to just stop there. I buy all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear there, and Preston buys all his South Carolina Gamecock gear there as well. All purchases help out the Unhinged Sports Network, bringing you the best sports coverage 24-7 at unhingedsn.com. Make sure to head over to the Unhinged Sports Network to listen to your favorite shows, not just in the marbles, but all your sports podcast needs, such as football, basketball, hockey, and yes, racing. That's unhingedsn.com. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. One lap later. Final thoughts here. And before we get to our final thoughts, Charlie, I will give you $5 if you tell me what we missed last week. You too, Preston. Five bucks. What did we what miss? What we missed. It wasn't driver of the week. It wasn't that. Well, it had to be. It had to be the time in NASCAR history. No, we did this week in NASCAR in the Marble okay. 2.0 standings. Ah, in the Marble 2.0 okay. standings. Hey, I think we missed in the Marble 2.0 standings. Oh, oh, yeah. You owe me $5. yeah, I owe you dollars here. Here's the standings after the race at Atlanta this weekend. Matt Camper jumps back into the lead with 4,020 points. SMR R&D with 3,814. S-Blades is third, Smoking Woody fourth, SMR Operations, yourself, Preston, is fifth, I'm sixth, Charlie's seventh, Unhinged Racing is eighth, and Summer's Racing in ninth. So, again, before we sign up for In the Marbles 2.0, you'll see it before the Daytona 500 next year for that chance at a $100 Amazon gift card at the end of the season. And now our driver of the week this week in NASCAR. Uh, what, what, what's the gap between me and you? The gap between me and you... Doing a quick math here, ninety-four points. Oh, yeah. Okay, as long as you beat as long, as long as you beat me, right? Our driver to this yeah, week. I don't care about anything else. Oh, you don't want that hundred dollar Amazon gift card. You just want the bragging rights. Oh, I'm, I'm so far lost on that. It's not even funny. It's okay. I think I'm mathematically out of it too, just based on the way I'm running. Our driver of the week this week is a British motorcycle and automobile racer. He raced in Formula One and British Grand Prix Motorcycles, John Surtees, S-U-R-T-E-E-S, Surtees. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Do you think I'm pronouncing that right, Preston? I mean, yeah, I guess. I, that's what I would say, That's too. what I would say, too. S-U-R-T-E-S-E? No, no, not S-E, just S-U-R-T-E-E-S, Surtees. Yeah, sure. Yeah, John Surtees. Well, this is interesting because he is the only individual. He won four 500cc motorcycle world championships 
in the Formula One World Championship in 1964 and remains the only person in the world to have won championships on both two wheels and four wheels. He was a British driver born February 11th, 1934 in England. I'm not even going to attempt to name the town. And died March 10th of 2017 in London. In his years active in the motorcycle, as far as motorcycle racing, is from 1952 to 1960. His first race was in the 1952 500cc Grand Prix. And his last race was the 1960 500cc Nationals Grand Prix. His first win came in 1955 at the at a 250cc Grand Prix, and his last win at the 1960 500cc Grand National Grand Prix. He has three championships in the 350cc class and four championships in 500cc class. 51 starts total in the motorcycle racing, 83 or 38 wins and 45 podiums. His Formula One World Championship, however, lasted for 12 years. He raced for teams such as Lotus, Ferrari, and BMR and has 111 starts, one championship in 1964, six wins, 24 podiums, 160 career or 180 career points, eight pole positions, and 11 fastest laps. His first entry coming at the 1960 Monaco Grand Prix, last entry coming in at the 1972 Italian Grand Prix, first win, 1963 German Grand Prix, and his last win, was the 1967 Italian Grand Prix. So, John Surtees is your driver of the week this week here at Rambling About Racing. For this week in NASCAR, we go back to July 14, 1974. Cale Yarbrough muscles his way around Buddy Baker on the final lap and squeezes out a narrow win in Bristol's Volunteer 500. It is the seventh win of the season for Mr. Cale Yarbrough, and that is your This Week in NASCAR Guys, what a great show. I think it's a great format. Next week, we plan to have fans on the show. If not, if we don't have the drag racing guys on, we're going to have the fans on the show. If anything, here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have fan interaction back on the show through Twitter space, so be on the lookout for that. Make sure to follow my personal Twitter, nbeamer22, for links to that, as well as just follow in the marbles anytime you want. And Charlie Preston, great show. Anything else before we wrap it up here? I think I'm good. I feel like we covered a lot, plus some. So, you look forward to next week's episode. Like I said, I, I, I feel like I got the drag racing guy on board for next week. If that happens, it happens, and we'll go from there. So, Yeah, we shall, man. Thanks for being here. Uh, Preston, anything before we wrap it up here? All good on my end. All right, well, be safe there at work, and if there is nothing else, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you so much for tuning in to us here at Rambling About Racing Within the Marbles. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Website is still the same. That's inthemarbles.net. That will take you to all of our links as far as Teespring for merch and all of our partners, Dr. Squatch, Stand Up to Cancer, and Fanatics, as well as Flag and Anthem. For Charlie Herc, is Preston Lude. I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you again so much for tuning in to us this week. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 